Street Talk by Franklin Street provides real-time expertise navigating the trending topics of today's commercial real estate markets. Episodes feature industry insiders in dynamic conversations hosted by Franklin Street CEO and managing partner, Andrew Wright. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Street Talk. Uh, I have with me today two directors from our capital advisory services business, Ben Miller and Casey Siggins. Lots change over, our, over the last you know, 60 days. Obviously, banking is on top of people's minds, how this is going to shake out. What have you seen over the last couple months and you know, changes in terms of rates and, and you know, the, re- the rest of the structure? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, when it comes to the banking system, obviously there was a shock to the system, you know, immediately when things started shutting down and the, the panic really started happening over this virus and what it could mean for the economy. So we saw a lot of banks come to the sidelines and just hit the pause button on pretty much everything. Um, and that lasted for about 30 days. I would say in the last three to four weeks, we've seen banks start, you know, gradually start coming back to the market. They, you know, whether that just be for the more favorable assets that everyone is aware of, multifamily, industrial, banks are willing to, to look at deals again now. They've gotten past the surge of PPP um, requests and they're ready to get back to business as usual, as much as they can right now. So I would say, you know, banks are, are back in for the most part when it comes to their underwriting standards. They're definitely, they want to see lower leverage deals call it 65 to 70%. Debt coverage ratios for the most part have, have gone up, um, call it 1.3 to 1.4. And borrower profile, borrower experience with that specific asset type and borrower balance sheet has become very important. You know, banks want to see that the people that they're lending money to have the, the financial wherewithal to support an asset should this get much worse than it already is. So Ben, maybe you could speak a little bit to the CMBS market or the life insurance market. Are you seeing you know, that still flowing? Casey was talking more you know, along the banks. How are we seeing conduits and uh, agencies? For the CMBS market right now, pretty much things were at a complete standstill for call it the last month to six weeks. Um, they have started to look at deals again as a few CMBS pools did securitize in the last week or two. So there has been starting to be some movement there. Hard pause on hospitality type products in the CMBS market, but um, self storage, multifamily retail, they're all starting to get looks again um, as there have been a full few pools come together. On the life company side, we've still been able to secure some quotes for some long-term life company money, call it 1515 type structure that's out there. So um, those, they're still looking at product and, and deals, but being much more selective and wanting to make sure that there's probably some national type credit behind it. The deal we were specifically working on recently was a 7-Eleven and with their credit that the, the life companies could still get comfortable. So it's interesting thinking about the uh, defaults that have been talked a lot about in the CMBS world, particularly around hospitality and commercial projects. Do you guys see, or are the banks starting to think and talk about their existing portfolios and defaults and uh, or potential defaults? And, and if so, how do you think that impacts them on a go forward basis? The short answer is yes, that um, pretty much every lender in the commercial real estate space is starting to you know, look at their portfolio, gauge what kind of exposure and risk that they have right now, you know, particularly on the retail and the hospitality side, because um, those are, you know, the, the the two product types that everyone knows and expects that are going to get hit the hardest, right? So, 
you know, I think the the banks and the CMBS lenders or the life company lenders that are particularly exposed to, to those two asset types, they're probably going to be a little bit slower coming back to the market and offering loans or quotes on on those product types and really all product types. A lot of banks, um, I mean, with the hospitality specifically, those loans are in deferral because, you know, that market was completely shut down. So we had a few customers looking to just need a refinance and it's been hard to place uh, because of how that industry has been so heavily affected. Well, how do you underwrite the future? I mean, I think that's one of the biggest challenges there, right? Particularly hospitality. What stabilized occupancy? What stabilized rev part look like going forward? It's going to be, you know, a hard deal to underwrite. Uh, so you know, that's on the the more permanent market. I mean, we've seen a lot, particularly over the last several years. You know, a very robust bridge, you know, slash preferred equity type market. I know that that's you know evolved a lot over the last few weeks. Is that starting to come back, or how do you guys view you know bridge uh, bridge debt, bridge equity playing uh, in this current environment? I mean, I, I keep hearing them all talk about looking at deals and they'll, you know, take your emails and talk to you about it. But I, I have not personally had any start to really put their foot back into the market and start to issue terms or LOIs yet. I think they're really those funds and type of capital structures are just waiting um, to really see how it plays out a little bit more as their balance sheets aren't as big and they can't afford to have as many misses. Uh, I haven't seen them personally start to step back into the uh, arena. A lot of them have said, look, we're still here. We're still making deals. But it seems like the stuff that I've been putting out is falling on a lot of deaf ears right now. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. And to piggyback off what Ben said, you know, I think when it comes to the bridge side, you know, there's kind of two different buckets of, of bridge lenders, right? You've got your CLO lenders, the, the, the groups that depend on bond investors on the back end buying their the loans that they're putting out. That's very much like the CMBS market. So you're seeing the lenders that, that do rely on CLO and, and investors buying up their loans, they've pretty much all but stop lending for the last eight weeks or so. Like the CMBS market, they're going to start trickling back in and, and being more aggressive now that things are opening back up. And then the other side, you've got your bridge lenders who hold their loans on their balance sheet, right? So they're not reliant on outside investors to come in and, and buy their buy their loans. So those groups have remained very cautiously open. Um, you know, they're doing lower leverage deals, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but multifamily, industrial, um, you know, the more secure asset types. And yes, they now are, you know, since they've remained open and they're starting to see things pick back up, um, you know, they're going to, I think, move back towards the higher leverage, maybe take on a little bit more risk and, and provide liquidity to the market when, you know, the life companies, CMBS, and a lot of banks aren't right now. So I think... I think summarizing that they've pulled back, not really existent today, but you're starting to see the budding of them re-entering the market and providing some liquidity, particularly on on balance sheet bridge lenders. A, a big conversation in these retail uh, uh, interviews I've been doing has been the you know, some of the debt service coverage requirements, and kind of two part question. You know, one, if I'm uh, trying to give a modification or some type of forbearance to one of my tenants, you know, that could potentially put me in violation of that coverage covenant. And so, you know, how are you, how are lenders treating that in their existing portfolio? And then Casey, I know you touched about on it in a little bit in, the, in your opening, but you know, how do you view debt service coverage on a go forward basis? You know, like I said, right now, debt coverage ratios um, on new loans, whether it be a refi or an acquisition, everyone's looking in that 1.3 to 1.4 space and even, you know, maybe even a little bit higher for some of your more conservative um, lending institutions. 
Going forward, I, I see that being probably the norm throughout the rest of 2020. Obviously, we still need to see how this all plays out and you know how you know we get through the rest of the year with states opening back up and whether there's going to be another, you know, spike in, in virus cases. And, you know, we may have to, you know, retreat back to more of a quarantine type of lifestyle again. Obviously, no one's hoping for that. But yeah, I think for the for the foreseeable future, lenders are going to want to see more cash flow to support the, their debt payments, debt obligations um, than we typically have seen in the past four or five years. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, they're, they're, they're hedging on it as well and, and forcing it upon the the, the sponsors and the, the new buyers, they just want to make sure that there's more cash kept in these deals and on the balance sheets of these entities. In addition to that, you know, we're also seeing banks and, and lending institutions require more heavy reserve accounts, anywhere from three months to 18 months on the Fannie and Freddie side. Uh, principal and interest payments need to be reserved in an escrow account. And that really just provides the lender greater security that, you know, that there is going to be money there in an account to pay the the debt, the debt payments should collections re- retreat again. Um, so between higher debt coverage ratios and higher reserve requirements, lenders are starting to feel more confident that they're in a position to make loans given these, you know, protections that they've, they've in place for themselves. Well, we will see. I think that's the magic question is how fast does it pop back and is it sustainable? That will be interesting to see that, that play out. In terms of product type, you know, retail is, is you know, very, very hard hit and really un, unknown uh, how deep that outcome is going to be. If I'm a owner of shopping centers and I have pending maturities, how would you advise me to prepare for that? I would tell them to start looking at those options now, um, not to wait near the end of the maturity. And also start looking at your potential lease role that's in there. And if there's any way you could maybe extend some of those leases, if there is role, just so when you're presenting to the new lenders uh, on the refi, you have as strong a picture as you can paint. And that's where I would kind of tell them to get started right now. I think a center full of mom mom and pops with no real national credit in there is going to be tough for anybody. And maybe you have to go in and the sponsor has to go in and say, look, I'm willing to put 6, 12, 24 months of principal and interest payments into a reserve account just to get them to feel comfortable on on some of these retail assets where there's a lot less credit is where I would be seeing that and how I would be um, trying to structure that if I was getting pushback from the lenders. The blend and extend concept. We've uh, we've heard a lot about that over these these episodes on uh, on really both landlord and tenant sides trying to figure out a middle ground where they can both get a win-win. So it sounds like that would look, be looked favorably by the lenders as well. And a little bit of a non-capital uh, question for you guys. I think your insight into just the recovery. I, I like, I've been asking this question a lot. What, what, do you, what does your crystal ball say? Do we, do we snap back out of this? Is this going to hang over us for a couple of years? How do you view the, the rebounding of this, of this market? Yeah, you know, my crystal ball is saying that, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of that recovery start happening now is in terms of people getting back to work, right? So that is going to spread throughout the economy. Um, and we're going to feel the effects of that. That being said, I, I think we're going to feel the effects of, you know, these past couple of months for, yeah, you know, another 18, 24 months, and it's going to affect the industry in a, in a vast amount of uh, ways. I think 
that from you know the debt perspective, underwriting standards are going to tighten, remain tight for you know another twelve to twenty four months. On the leasing side, it remains to be seen how you know the retail leasing picks back up. You know once all this is is kind of behind us, or you know in in this summer, um, how leasing is going to pick back up. It's really it's really tough to say, but I see you know I'm probably more optimistic than most in terms of how this is going to play out. Um, but I do think there are there's going to be some struggle and some pain points along the way. Yeah, I think it's going to be you know 18 to 24 month type of uh, process to work our way through it. As you know, everybody has started to talk about distressed assets and you know things going in through that process. And as we know, that process can take up to a year itself if people are just going forward with it. You know, if people are dragging their feet and making a, a process, that that whole next wave of kind of real estate transactions in the distressed world, I think, would be about that far out. But by that time, I think everybody's kind of hoping that the economy as a whole has you know turned the corner and is really trugging back along in the right direction. So I think that, you know, the process will take its time. It's not going to be a snapback right away. And, you know, we've got to be able to to weather that storm and find the right assets when it's time. It'll be interesting to see kind of the two-pronged, you know, issues, right? When do people feel comfortable going back to kind of the new normal, right? Going out to restaurants, getting their hair cut, going back into the office. Uh, and then once we do get that back, how long does it, the economy take to digest you know, what we've been through. So kind of a interesting thing to follow. And, and I know we will be. I want to give you a chance both to give us some closing thoughts. So Casey, any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say there's been a lot of change in the industry. My thoughts are, you know, as things start to, to reopen and improve, be in touch, you know, if you're a property owner, or you're an occupier, be in touch with your, you know, your real estate professionals. Everyone's out there, you know, to, to provide guidance to you. Be vigilant about, you know, your plan moving forward, what kind of events you have coming up, whether that be, you know, lease rolls or uh, loan maturities. We're not out of the woods yet, even as things are improving make sure you're vigilant about your business plan. Yeah. And I would say, make sure, you know, as you're doing that, make sure you're reaching out to experts that are in the industry and that are staying in tune with what the current changes are. I mean, we've seen a lot of things move over the last 60 days. We're not sure where they could be in 90, 180 days from now. So as we're in tune with the market, you know, it's best for clients to be in touch with us so we can keep them apprised to the changes. Stay safe and, you know, make sure your family members and everybody like that are safe as well. Well, uh, thanks a lot for the time, guys. Appreciate it. We have our webinar on the debt markets on June the 3rd, 11 a.m. So we'd love to have everyone join us for that. But in the meantime, Ben Miller, Casey Siggins, directors in our capital group, if they can help you, you can find them on our website. Uh, and hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Street Talk and look forward to the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Talk by Franklin Street. Have a question about something you heard on the street? Visit podcast.franklinst.com to send us your questions and listen to more insights. Mm-hmm.